Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. A couple of months ago, I came to the, to the realization that God is the most ignored being on earth. God is the most unappreciated being in the world. God, I'm talking about God. He has given everything to us. But man has turned his back against him. Man has used what he gave to man to fight him. He is the most ignored being in the world. I promise you, if you like doing research, you will notice. So it goes without saying that his servants will be ignored and appreciated devalued and when any of them is praised or appreciated just a little bit it raises all kinds of animosity and resentment from people from all walks of lives everybody else can be appreciated everybody else can be thanked and even given you know like recognitions of medals and stuff everybody's okay with it but you see the attitude that human beings have towards God's servants. It's not really towards God because Jesus himself says, whoever receives you receives me. If I receive you, receive me, receive the one who sent me. This animosity that sometimes we sense in people towards men of God being blessed or receiving any gift, it's actually not against the men of God. It's against God. It's against God himself. Because if you hate me, you will hate my children. If you honor me, you will honor my children. Everybody that has a certain attitude towards a pastor being appreciated or honored at any level soever, not that we are into human worship or any of these things, but I'm telling you, it's really not the pastor you are having a problem with. Even though we know some people have abused these graces. But deeper, you might have a problem against God himself. You'll be surprised that you have never done anything major for him. Not to mention his servants. So I'm just blessed to see that in our ministry, those things are being taught now. People are beginning to have a certain stand towards also the people God has given them because they realize the impact that those people have had. You see, Paul said, I might not be an apostle to those ones, but to you, I'm an apostle. I might not be a pastor to somebody even watching this morning. I might not be your pastor. But there's somebody sitting next to you. There's somebody in that place to whom God sent me. To whom God sent Pastor Pumi. And to those ones, we say thank you for acknowledging the grace of God. Put your hands together one more time for the Lord. Hallelujah. What a blessing. This morning, we are starting yet another series in this new month of November. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about something very, very important this month. Just like every other month, everything that has come has been 
of great value and importance. I'm just so blessed to know that all these now major team is working. So please put your hands together for our major team. I think they are just doing an amazing work. And all nobody in our church is paid for what they do. Maybe you don't know. Everybody just works from their hearts. You know why? Because we love Jesus. We love Jesus with all of our hearts. I don't know who paid Jesus for dying for you. I don't know who should pay me for saving him. Do you understand? So our media team is doing an amazing work. All the things you see every Sunday is done by amateurs. People that didn't go to school to learn those things. They are just using the wisdom of the spirit to do the things that you see us do. And I believe that God is going to bless them and reward them abundantly in the name of Jesus. So this month, we are starting a new series entitled One Another. One Another. I told you a couple of weeks ago that I'm trusting God to preach just the word. Even my titles to be just the word one another. I'm trusting the Lord that with this series, a lot will be done. The series is really focused on building and protecting all God's ordained relationships that have been handed over to you and me. Hallelujah. Our foundational scripture is John 12, 34. The Bible says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another you see he says the same thing reverberating he repeats himself in the same verse twice one another love one another hallelujah you see Jesus calls it a new commandment Meaning there's been other commandments that came along, but he brought a new one. Hallelujah. And you are into Christianity. This is, this is Christianity. And you know, some, a, a while earlier, he was asked about what is the greatest commandment. And guess what? His greatest commandment was love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Then now he's talking about a new commandment. And the new commandment, Amazingly also is about love. Tells me that God is very much interested in our relationships. And you know why? God is a God of relationships in general. Actually, the book of Genesis opens with him being introduced to us in his trinity, his relationships. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, let us make man. Let us. That us, God was telling you he's not alone. He's relating with other beings. And we know later that he was talking to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit. He was talking to his triune being. Let us. So we know here, that when it came to making man, God did not just rise and do it. He called him his very self, his true nature, which is relationship. And no wonder the man he built to, the man that came out of that, out of the unity of the relationship, that man also is relational. 
just like the God who made him because he made us in his image and in his likeness and you see already from here that the us he didn't say let me let us let us so God is a God of relationship from the book of Genesis you see it there and he created you and I to relate hallelujah that Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 and the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone it is not good God never intended for you and I to live isolated lives it is not good it is not good i know you might think you are an introvert i know you might feel you are not a people's person i know you might have a certain attitude about people maybe you were hurt and offended and abused by people and and you know maybe you 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 had your you've had your experiences with people but that can never change genesis chapter 1 verse 28 it is not good i mean genesis chapter 2 verse 8 it is not good This is God speaking when man hasn't yet sinned. That there is no sin yet, there is no fornication, there is not there's no there's nothing wrong. But God has found something that is not good. Up until this time, everything God is doing is good. And he's telling us and the and God so this was good. This was good. This was good. The first time God take note of something that's not good is man being alone. is man being unable to relate God says it's not good because he is not like that and that is not how he is and and that is not what he created he created us to relate amen? amen and it's interesting to notice that when Jesus came Jesus came to restore the relationship he came to restore that relationship that we lost after we we sinned against God in the garden And I'm sure you will probably know this very well by now that the sign of the cross if you know the cross is something that stands like this it's a restoration of the relationship between God and man that's this one and then man and man that is that double relationship reconnection that the cross you know came to do in Ephesians 2:14 the Bible there tells us that Jesus himself is our peace who has made both one hallelujah and has broken down the middle wall of separation there was a middle wall of separation and there are there are these walls you know in the world we live in and there are, there are walls of separations middle walls between between people between places between groups between races between genders between countries that there are walls there are frontiers and there are borders and all these things that separate us and give different experiences to different you be amazed people are in the same continent but they are having different experiences not because of anything because of these middle walls people are in the same house living under the same roof having different experiences not because of anything but because of walls of separations Sometimes it's not the physical wall it's the invisible wall because the wall Jesus came to break here according to Ephesians 2:14 was not a physical wall you couldn't see it but there was a wall of separation between God and man and between man and man thank God that wall has been broken down hallelujah thank God today you and I have at least the potential 
to live in peace. That's why a guy from West Africa can come and be your brother and your sister here in South Africa and you will love him and you will feel like you should give him gifts. Because there's no more word of separation. One another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, it's important for you and I to never realize that how we, how we handle each other matters a lot to God. If he went through that length to restore us. And there's a scripture that I, I found quite interesting on that. You're going you're gonna to be refreshed by God's grace through this series. Amen. 1 John 4, verse 20 to 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. I'm just reading the, I'm reading the word. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, when I say he is a liar, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the one saying it. No, it's, it's actually written like that. It says, if someone says, I love God. Hallelujah. Come on, tell the person next to you, I love God. I love God. There's a song, Erika Campbell. Is it Erika Campbell? Say, I love God. Do you love God? What's wrong with you? But you see, the other part of the song is if she had said, I love God, you love God, do we love each other? Because in fact, if it's about God, everybody loves God. I mean, it's not easy to find someone who doesn't love God. There are some God haters, but there are not many. But if you had said, I love Jesus, do you love Jesus? You will find a lot of people to say, what's wrong with you? But that's not my subject. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, hello somebody, how can he love God whom he has not seen? I think it's simple maths. And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Tell your neighbor one another, one another, one another. Praise the Lord. You know, the hallmark of Christianity is love. Or shall I say, relationships. So when we say love, you might get a bit confused. Everybody has, you know, what they feel about love. You understand? But I'm talking this month about relationship. The value God places on relationships. That he is even saying to you, look, if you don't love the person that you can see, don't say you love me. That's how serious God is about this. That he... he he, he prefers that you do something about what you see first before you can deal with what you can see. Are you with me? Because what you can see, you have a bigger chance of dealing with it. What you can't see is mysterious. You never even know when you are doing the right thing. No wonder Jesus told us that it's, you know, people will know that we are his disciples. Not when we pray. 
Not when we shout. Not when we do miracles. When we love one another. Yeah. That's the same John 12 that we're going to use as our foundational scripture. If you, let me read it now, 34 and 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. See, he says, do it the way I did with you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. In other words, when people see the way you love one another, they will know who schooled you, who trained you. So the way you are trained reveals your degree of love. When you are well trained, it does not re- it does not equate in just big shouting and a lot of power. People that are trained to be disciples of Jesus, they are known by the love they have for one another. That is actually how we know who trained them. Jesus was saying to his disciples, the way people will know that you came from my school, not from the school of the Pharisees, not from the school of the Sadducees, not from the school of the Herodians, the way people will know that you actually came from the school of Jesus Christ is because they will notice you have love. One for another. That is the main thing. That is the main thing that people will recognize I trained you. If you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. If you have, if, if you have love for one another. I repeat, the series is going to be on one another. One another. The things we do to one another. The things we say to one another. The way we treat one another. The way we relate to one another. It matters so much to Jesus. It matters so much to God. He wrote so much about it. Just those two words. One another. Let me take you through them quickly. We're going to work through the whole month. Love one another. That appears at least 16 times in the New Testament alone. Just love one another. That is at least 16 times. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. At least 16 times. Be devoted to one another. That is Romans 12, 10. Honor one another above yourself. Honor. You see that thing we did last week? Honor one another. Not, not just the pastor. One another. You can honor the pastor and disrespect the usher. And dishonor the usher. You can honor the pastor and dishonor your mother. Honor one another above yourselves. You know, this one alone has the, is the reason for a lot of problems in many of our churches. Just the dishonor of one another. Not recognizing the value that God is placing on another human being. Taking the other human being for granted. Live in harmony with one another. That is Romans 12, 16. Build up one another. That is Romans 14, 19. And then 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. 
Be like-minded towards one another. Don't have conflicting thoughts. Accept one another. Accept, 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 accept one another. Accept one another. They know the cliques that you find in churches. The groupings that you find. This group does not accept that person. And this one feels left out. And that one feels left out. And those all those groupings that lead to the departings of many. Accept. Accept. Accept that this person might not change. Accept one another. Accepting means... You know, you come to the realization that look, I have to have, I have to deal with this. I have to, I have to accept that this is what it's going to be. Accept, accept the person. Don't try to change. Accept the person. Accept one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Meaning, encourage. Greet one another. You will be surprised. You'll be, in fact, that, look, listen to me. There's a sister years and years ago who left the church. And you know why she left the church? She said, I didn't greet her. She told me that, Pastor, you came, you greeted one, two, three. You jumped me. You didn't greet me. I don't feel welcome here. Then I learned and I realized that even though I didn't do it intentionally, somebody can be totally disturbed. By the fact that you didn't greet them. There's nothing the Bible tells you to do that is there for fun. Greet one another. When was the last time? You will be sitting, you, you might even be sitting. Look, look, the person you are sitting next to this morning, did you greet them? You'll be surprised. You didn't greet them. That's how familiar we become. We don't value one another, we don't see the good in the people for one another. That's 1 Corinthians 12.25. Greet one another. That was Romans 16.16. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.12. Bear. You see, I'm showing you the one another's that are in the Bible. If we were doing just half of this, a lot will change in our lives. A lot will change in our lives if we're doing just half of this. Forgive one another. Forgive. 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 Forgive one another. Forgive one another. That's Ephesians 4, 2 and 32. Colossians 3 and 13. Speak the truth in love to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Submit to one another. Consider others better than yourself. Look to the interests of one another. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Teach, teach, teach one another. I'm telling you, each one of these commands, I could spend the whole month on each one of them. I'm just showing you 
that this one and others that you, you, you are seeing here, they are telling you and me that God cares a lot about how you and I relate. And that when we don't value this one and others, there will be a lot of commotion in our midst. There will be a lot of problems. It's because we don't value one another. We don't forgive one another. We don't bear with one another. We don't honor one another. We don't teach one another. We don't even greet one another. We don't serve one another. Look at the list. We don't look to the interests of one another. Everybody's trying to cheat each other. Comfort one another. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18. Comfort, comfort, comfort. The pastor shouldn't be the only person who does comforting in the church. According to the Bible, God expects one another to comfort one another. Comfort one another. But you find people that say, hey, you know, this church, nobody, nobody cares you about, nobody, nobody cares about you in this church. I mean, you've just lost your father. Nobody came to visit you. Well, what are you doing? You're supposed to be comforting that person. You're, so, you're not supposed to be making the person feel more offended. Comfort one another. Look at this one. Encourage one another. A lot of people could still be in the church today if they were just encouraged a little bit. And you will see that this person is going off. This person is getting discouraged. This person is losing their, their speed. And you will just let them descend. You will watch and supervise them descend. No, 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 no. We cannot be that type of a ministry. We cannot be that type of a ministry that does not encourage the people. Somebody will be something good and instead of you appreciating, you are busy criticizing. Encourage. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Exhortation is, is like encouragement, but you are encouraging people with more strength. Pushing them to the right direction. Exhort one another. Use scripture. My brother, the Bible says one, two, three. Do not go this way. Go this way. Look at what we could be doing for one another. Everybody here has a ministry. You have a ministry. Because one another is a ministry. Stir up one another to love and to good work. Stir up. Stir up one another. No, don't stir up one another to strife. Stir up one another to, to complain. No, stir up one another to love and good work. Stir up one another. Encourage one another. You know, stir up means provoke, stimulate. Stimulate one another. Stimulate one another to do something. Don't be an element of depression. And people look at you, they are stirred up to do nothing. They are stirred up to sit and warm the chest for five years. Stir up. So the pastor, the pastor's message should not be the only thing that can stir up people. No wonder it doesn't work much. People need to be stirred up one another, one another, one another, one another. Wherever you are, you should be doing some one another's. And that is starting from this month in the name of Jesus Christ. Show hospitality to one another. Only God knows what could have happened if more people were willing to open their homes for God's work to happen. Only God knows. Only God knows. I'm going to need help. This thing just went off. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Show hospitality to one another. Employ the gifts that God has given us for one another. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. How about this one? Pray for one another. That's James 5.16. Pray for one another. Then James 5.16 also. Confess your faults to one another. Hallelujah. This is the word of God. And as much as we have things that we should do to one another, there are also things the Bible says we shouldn't do to one another. One of them, do not lie to one another. <laughs> Stop passing judgment on one another. That's Romans 4, 4.13. Galatians 5.15. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Galatians 5.26. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. James 4.11, do not slander one another. James 5.9, don't grumble against each other. Praise, thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you see, you know, I took time to just show you a few. It's about, a, it's about a hundred of them. I used to think it was about 52 or something, but a deeper study shows it's about more than, actually it was more than a hundred times. In the New Testament alone, that the word one another is used. One another, one another, one another. Therefore, I want to reiterate to you that how you relate and how we relate matters a lot to God. Relationships. Relationships. Because all these one another's, it's just about relationships. What happens between you and this person? What happened between you and that person? That, that is important to God. And, and I believe if God gives so much instructions on what to do with one another, one another, one another, it's because one another matters. Don't you sit there and think it doesn't matter what you do to the other person and it doesn't matter what they do to you. It matters greatly. You're thinking that one another doesn't matter. It shows how new you are to the value of relationships. How immature you and I are as far as relating is concerned and, and the benefits and the dangers that comes from one another. Praise the name of Jesus. If you look a bit deeply into relationships, you realize that literally every prayer that you make to God, do you understand? Any prayer you make to God, will be answered through a relationship. If, if you just look a little bit deeper, you will notice that there's nothing you ask God that will come from the sky. Literally, every single prayer you pray, when you are praying, Lord, do this, Lord, give this, Lord, everything you are praying for is going to depend on a one another, on a relationship. Psalm 107, verse 19 to 20, the Bible says, And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distress. And look at how he saved them. He sent his word. He sent 
his word and heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Now you say, Lord, ah, Lord, Lord, I need a word. You do. But you see, let me quickly take you to John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. Do you get it? He sent his word, but the word that is sent has to be flesh. So when the healing comes, when the breakthrough comes, it will come in the flesh. It will, it will be somebody, it will be somebody that God is going to use to bring the deliverance. Are you listening to me? So I want to reiterate to you that literally every one of your prayers, every need and every cry that you have, the answer will always come in a form of a relationship. So when you are a person who do not value relationships, when you are a person who don't take relationships seriously, you are immature. I don't want to say you are a fool. So I'm just using a good word to say you are immature. It's a professional way to not say something that might offend you now and our one another can be affected even, even now like this. So I just say that you are not matured. You are not matured. Are you listening to me? Because if you get matured just a little bit, you will notice that, you see, you shouldn't ask God for money. You shouldn't even ask God for a job. You shouldn't ask God for a wife. Don't ask God for any of these things. Just ask God to help you be good with relationships. Lord, help me to treat people well. Lord, help me to practice the one another's. If you are into the one another's, everything you need is in one of the one another's. It's inside there. If you can just learn to forgive one another, bear with one another, pray for one another, serve one another, honor one another. I'm telling you, each one of them, if you are practicing just a few of them, a lot in your life could have been moving very, very fast. Therefore, the presence of certain people in your life, listen to me, the presence of certain people in your life, are you listening? Will make a huge difference. Just their presence in your life. The presence of Abraham in the life of Lot. As long as, listen, as long as Abraham was in the life of Lot. Do you understand? There are certain prayers Lot didn't have to pray. In fact, I don't even think the guy used to pray much. Because indeed, and it's true, if you enter the presence of certain people, or if certain people enter your life, a lot of prayers disappear. My Bible says, Genesis 13 verse 5, Lord also, who went with Abraham, had flock, not that, who went with Abraham, and then God spoke to him, and then God, God entered. No, 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 no. He just went 
He just went with the man who had the blessing. The presence of a blessed man, look at what happened. He now had flocks and herds and tents. Tents is houses, flocks and herds. That's your businesses and cars and all those other things. He was into serious prosperity because of the presence of a man called Abraham. And you know, you and I know what happened. The moment there was a disconnect. The presence of Joseph brought an international transformation in the life of a man by the name of Potiphar. The Bible says, from the time, from, because there's a specific time this thing started. From the time he put Joseph in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the house of the Egyptian <laughs> because of Joseph. It tells you why. Because, because, because. From the time, from the time. How can it be a slave holds the keys to the master's prosperity? How can it be a junior staff holds the key to the company? From the moment there are some of you, from the moment your boss starts honoring and appreciating and recognizing the grace of God on your life, from that moment, until that moment, a lot of things will be under embargo in the whole company. You will be there, but not much is happening. Because I don't think the, the day Joseph arrived is the day he, he was put in charge. No, no, no. He was there for some time. But he was just a slave. Do you understand? And as long as he was not acknowledged and the grace of God in his life was not recognized, God was not releasing the blessing. But from the time he was put in charge, from that time, a certain dispensation began to be released. Can I tell you something? There are people God has sent in your life, you don't honor them. You don't appreciate them. You don't value them because they don't look like much to you. But as long as it's like that, there are certain things you will never ascend to. I'm talking to myself right now. You see, because you have to recognize God and people. Potiphar didn't know that what he's seeing is nothing compared to what he can see. He only realized that when he took the risk of taking a slave and putting him in charge of everything he had in his household. But when he did that, Taking that risk. This is not an Egyptian. This is a slave. You put him in charge of everything. He said, from that moment, from that moment, from that moment, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. I see God blessing somebody because of you. And I see God blessing you because of somebody you are recognizing. You are recognizing this person. This person, you see, many people could be far in life if they recognize the pastors God has given them. They are struggling for nothing. They are dying for nothing. In the same place for nothing. Because they don't want to allow what God has brought to express itself in their lives. I mean, how can me Potiphar have a slave boy in charge? When people come to visit me, what will they think? A boy, a slave from, 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 from Africa? 
that's why things are the way they are. You are not recognizing the value of one another. Potiphar noticed something in the boy. I don't, I don't think he just put him in charge by like, no, he noticed something in him. He saw something that this guy, if I put him in charge, things will, things will work. And he didn't allow the gender to stop him. He didn't allow the, the demographic to, he didn't allow the country to stop him. He just went all out. And because of that, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had. Both in the house and in the field. Now the blessing went to chase anything that was connected to this guy. Simply because he's connected. He's connected to somebody. He's connected to somebody. And because of that, a certain thing has entered his life. I see you entering new dimensions that were untold to you. Because a certain person. You are recognizing. You are recognizing the presence. You are recognizing a certain presence in your life. You are recognizing that no, this person is not just a slave here. He's not just a quera quera around. It is this attitude that keeps a lot of people in the same place. It is this attitude, this disposition that has caught so many from receiving anything from God. One, how they treat one another. How they treat the people God sent to them. How they relate with the people God sent to them. Hmm? Let me read you the same verse in the New Living Translation. Say, from the day Joseph was put in charge. You see, there were other days, but from the day he was put in charge, from the day you acknowledge the grace of God on somebody, on somebody God has been trying to send to you. You bought Joseph on the field and you thought, you are buying something. You didn't know what you are buying. You came to church and you said, no, they invited me to church. Let me just come in and make them feel good. You don't know where you have entered. You don't understand where you are. Because it's Potiphar who bought Joseph. But it is Joseph who turned the life of Potiphar around. You were never going to know there was somebody called Potiphar in the whole life if it wasn't for Joseph. If it wasn't for Joseph. That's why the guy has a name in the history books. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly. Say with me, ran smoothly. That's where I want to see your life. Where things are running smoothly. Lord, this galloping and all this bumping, this bumping, potholes and everything. No, it's not smooth. It's not smooth. Sometimes they go, sometimes they descend. It's not smooth. They said it ran smoothly. Kaluma levele katola mende na I see your life running smoothly. You see, your life shouldn't be that hard, you know. It's because you have to learn to recognize. Recognize what God has given you. Acknowledge and put them in control. Let them run things. Stop putting too many rules. You are my pastor, but you are here, but you have too many bats. You have too many words. All those words of separation. And that's why not much is happening. It's not smooth. 
is not smooth. Potiphar put Joseph in charge. Take control, man. It's a risk. What if, what if he's a thief? What if he makes a coup and takes over and there was a possibility because the wife, before he realized, the wife is going to, to offer herself. The presence of Jacob in Laban's life made all the difference. Look, Laban himself said, and Laban said to Jacob, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me because of you. I have learned, like I have observed things from the moment I came across you. Why, why, why you don't learn by experience? How come you cannot make the difference from the moment somebody started being in your life and you can't make the difference between the time they entered your life and the time they were not in your life? How come you don't see the difference? How come you are not learning? How come you are not like Laban? And all these people that are saying this, these are unbelievers. Potiphar is an unbeliever. Laban is an unbeliever. They are all people seeing things in people that believers don't see. The believers here is Joseph's brother. They are fighting him. The believers on the other side is Esau fighting his brother. I want to kill him. The father wanted to give, to give the blessing to, to Esau. But I, I, an unbeliever, I said, I've learned by experience that everything that I see here is connected to you. Please stay. He said, that's the key. I don't want you to go away. And I don't want to go away. That's the key. The key for the thing to work is that the connection must stay. It must continue. The moment Potiphar put Joseph in jail, that's the last day you hear about Potiphar. That's over. Another chapter begins with other people. So the relevance of Potiphar was as long as Joseph is in his life. Can I tell you something? There are certain people, the moment they depart from your life, or the moment you depart from their lives, you lose your relevance. You become like salt that has lost its saltiness. You become good for nothing. You can't even believe it yourself. I'm sure you, you, you're going to try to use power and money, but it will not work. You will look deep and you say, you know, something has left me. I'm no more the same. As you are joking with relationships, godly ones, therefore, with what I've, I've taught you this morning, because I'm just introducing the subject this morning, let me now submit to you, therefore, that the greatest attack on your life is not an attack on your health. Even though your health is very important. But if you have an attack on your health and you know a good doctor, you are sorted. The greatest attack on your life is not your, on your finances. The greatest attack on your life is an attack on your relationships. Listen carefully. Since all the things that will happen to you will be connected to people, therefore, the greatest attack on you will be an attack on the people to whom you are either sent or the people that are sent to help you. That's the attack. Listen carefully. Before you quickly go around and wanting people to live your life and you want you to live out of people's life. 
Be careful. Number one, that attack will come in a, in a form of separation, division, divorce, strife, resignation, withdrawal, eh? suspicion, assumptions, offense, betrayal, hate, and even death. This attack is an attack on you, but it doesn't come directly to you. It's through the people that you are connected to and the people that are connected to you. I've just given you a list of the ways through which the attacks come. My prayer for you is that you will learn to fight will learn to fight when suspicion starts coming when assumptions start coming when thoughts of pulling out withdrawing starts coming you will know it's not just about a feeling my relationship with this person is under attack I better pray my relationship with this person or this person's relationship with me is under attack we should pray something is wrong As I close my introduction, listen. Satan, his greatest signature, anyway, is separation. He is called a separatist. He controls what we call separatism. That is his one of his greatest signatures when he is somewhere. Separation. Division. Withdrawal. Scatterings. Divorce. Disputes. Distort. Disunity. Disloyalty. Listen carefully. I'm closing. Well, we know he started in heaven. First of all, he managed to separate a huge group of people from the one who created them. He didn't even start here. You know, a couple of days ago, I discovered something. I realized every wickedness man Every wicked thing men do, they are taught by demons. It just tells you that, you see, what you look here, you are thinking that this is evil. I just imagine how evil their own world is. Because if if they can teach us this level of wickedness and this level of, of hate, wars, they teach us wars. Any, any perversion that you see, in fact, the first sin man committed, he taught us how to do it. So where did he learn it? So I'm saying that if they are teaching us all these things you see as human beings do, are you listening to me? It is to tell you that they know stuff 
They know a lot of stuff about evil. We didn't study. They brought it to us. They're teaching us. So understand that evil is not like, no, there's a lot of evil in Africa. No, listen. There's a lot of evil in the demonic world. What you are seeing is just small, 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 small. Like, you imagine if you are living in that world where those evils are coming from. And they are just giving you, you are, they are even learning, they are teaching you and you are trying small, small. Just, now imagine when they are the one doing it to each other day. So betrayal didn't start here, brothers and sisters. The separatists started in heaven. He separated one third of the angels to their creator. Then he separated God, Adam with God. Do you understand? Then he separated Adam with his wife. Then he separated Cain with Abel. Then he separated Abraham with Lot. Then he separated Jacob and Laban. Then Joseph and his brothers. Saul and David. Paul and Barnabas. Men and women. Black and white. Jews and Greeks. Giants, rich and poor. Jesus and Judas. Pastor Pascal and somebody there watching me right now. Like he's busy with that somewhere. As I'm, as I'm teaching. Look, as I'm teaching right now. He's busy with that. With somebody. Somewhere. And, and that will not be the first relationship he has successfully broken. That will not be the first one. No, he has managed to destroy amazing relationships before. I mean, people that were loving each other, they were doing nice, they were okay, they were doing well. He brought separatism. He affected and inflicted and destroyed the relationship with all these things. I would be a fool, and I know I'm not, to sit here and to, or to stand here and think that he's not busy with somebody watching me right now. Telling them what I'm doing wrong to them. Giving them better options. Giving them other options, other possibilities, other scenarios. He came and offered some nice scenarios to Eve. Ah, this man, he doesn't want you to enjoy certain things, you know. The way you are here, you could be better. I mean, you are struggling. There are other dimensions. If you just touch that thing that you will see, a new law, a new world will open for you. And she believed him. And we always believe, I mean, not, let's trust God that you will not believe him. And that has happened to so many people. They believed him. They took the bait of suspicion. Paul asks a question as I close. Who, you see, we usually quote it, what shall separate? He never said what shall separate. I don't know which version we read like that. Because the version that it says, who shall separate us? Praise the Lord. Let me just uh, stop something here. Amen. I think if you're hearing that, it means our time is actually up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you enjoying the teaching on one another? Who shall separate us? 
you need to ask yourself because somebody is working at that particular project. There's somebody, there's something being cooked and the purpose of the whole cooking is to break the one another. Hmm? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Then in that side, shall tribulations. That, that is one of the separatists. That is, that is one way. That is one way through which separation will come. There will be tribulations, meaning problems. Problems are by far the number one reason why people, people separate. Very seldomly do people go through problems and after problems they are still together. Tribulations, trouble, has a way of separating people. Distress, things that are causing you to stress, you are stressing. Persecution. You are, you are suffering. Persecution is trouble that is lasting for a long time. It's just there. It has a capacity to separate you from something very good. Because I believe you agree with me, the love of Christ is nice. But these forces have the capacity. He doesn't say what he says who. So which, each one of these is actually a spiritual entity. It's not, it's not a thing. It's a person. Uh, tribulation is a person distress is a person persecution is a person famine, lack lack, lack, lack lack. there's not enough money and, and there's not stress and there's not problems money and the decisions people start making when there's a bit of famine a bit of famine, they quickly run to Egypt they depart from the place where God has located them Famine, famine, things not working out. They pull out of certain godly relationships, things that God initiated. Ladies marrying wrong people because of famine. Brothers choosing certain sisters with jobs because of famine. Because of famine. Being in the wrong hands because of famine. Because famine usually takes Israel to Egypt. I've taught you this before. Nakedness. Like you are feeling stripped off. Peril. Or the sword. Like risk. There are risks in this thing. I'm moving with this guy. And people are telling me, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You don't know. You don't know what are his intentions. There's like, there's like, there's a hidden sword behind this whole thing. What shall separate me? I'm asking myself this morning. What will separate us? Have you thought about it? Because people that are rejoicing today <laughs> might be fighting tomorrow. Have you thought about the things that could separate us? Because if we could talk about them in this one another series, listen to me, we'll be better prepared when they come. We'll recognize them. Or at least you remember that I said it. Even though many times I remember preaching clearly before people and they were clapping and they didn't hear anything I said. And they fall in the ditch. He jumped down to 38 and said, For I am persuaded. Now he gives more things that can bring separation. Death. No life. So even life alone can separate us. 
angels, principalities, powers. Not things present. There are things, there are things that are presently happening. Present things in my relationship with you, in ABC's relationship with you, that are present things that have the potential to separate us. Then he says, Oh, things to come. Maybe the present things don't have enough power. But there are others that are coming. Things to come. Things we haven't seen. Other challenges. No height. Meaning they are high. They have a lot of... Like they, they are not small. They are depth. They are deep. Nor any other created thing. Things that we don't even know exist yet. Demons are still manufacturing them. Created things. Created stories. Created rumors. Created things. Created things. He says, I am persuaded that none of these shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. He says, none of this, he says, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I like the confidence of Paul. He says, I am persuaded. I am persuaded that this relationship will probably go through a lot. But it will stand. It will stand. Because we are praying for one another. We're bearing one another. We're forgiving one another. Hallelujah. We are standing with one another. We are encouraging. As long as we are doing the one another's, this relationship, will overcome the separatist. But if we don't bear with one another, if we do the other things he say we shouldn't do, which I want to quickly remind you of as I close, if we lie to one another, if we pass judgments on one another without getting the facts, without coming to stake exactly what happened, if we keep biting and devouring one another, the verses will be destroyed by one another. If we become conceited and we provoke and envy one another, we are jealous of one another, we start wanting the other person to fail, and that is what destroys us. Envy means jealousy. And I told you before, jealousy is cancer. It destroys everything. When it starts, it infiltrates everywhere. People start wishing their brother to fail. If we refuse to slander one another, in other words, we don't criticize and we don't grumble and we don't gossip. Meaning you join to each other and you speak about the other brother in a bad way. You come together and the talk starts just nice, nice and before you realize we are criticizing and gossiping. We are not saying things we can say if the person is there. Cancer has entered the system. 
and separation is not far. It's not far. It says if you don't grumble, grumble means you complain. You complain about how you are being treated. You complain about what is being done to you. You complain about how you are feeling, you are feeling how you are being sidelined. And you grumble in the secret. You grumble. You grumble. And those things is the setup for the separatist to operate. Once that door has opened to him, let me already tell you where we are going. Let me already tell you the future. Anything that starts like this ends just like that. There's no two ways about it. Are you listening to me? One another. One another. This is a time as we are approaching the end of the year. I'd like to teach you because I know we've had a rough year. Don't allow offense. Don't allow hurts. Don't allow bitterness to break the fellowship. But that's the purpose of the devil. That's what he's busy with. And I've given you a number of things Paul says they're going to come to test the relationship. But I want to believe with him and I want to believe God with you this morning and say I am persuaded. I am persuaded that none of these things they will come but they will find us ready. God has sent me this man to remind you Christianity is a relationship. If it was not a relationship, you are not going to have all this one another, one another, one another. It's a relationship. And in a relationship, stuff happens. I do not know why you are expecting this particular relationship to be a special one. Because even in heaven, stuff happens. This month, we're going to trust God to restore what Satan has been trying to destroy. We're going to trust God to get our hearts back in order. Those that need healing, they shall be healing. But whatever happens, don't break the one another connection. More than a hundred verse, there's something about it. There's something about it. And there's nothing you are going through that one of those one another's cannot help with. Sometimes it's just forgiveness. Sometimes it's just bearing. Sometimes it's just accepting that look, this is how this person is. I am not perfect myself, so and a lot of people have accepted me. Why can't I accept? Why do I want things to be perfect before I can live there? Lord help us this morning. I want you to stand on your feet wherever you are watching from. And I want us to start just talking to God from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, another word to heal, another word to help, another word to restore, another word to help us get to the right direction. 
one another. One another. People cannot live together without offending one another. It's impossible. And, and Satan wants us to have these crazy, crazy aspirations and these crazy and real expectations that things should be perfect so that he sets us up for serious disappointments and hurts. Oh no. If the Bible kept talking about one another, help one another, heal one another, forgive one another, it's because God knew you will not be saints in, in the physical sense of the word. You're going to have to live as humans and there will be some casualties. But we got to allow God to deal with our hearts this morning. I'm talking to every member of this ministry. Those of you that Satan has already started prophesying to, giving instructions, telling you do this, do this, find a way to go here, do like this, do like this. I'm talking to you right now. That is not the solution. That is not the solution. You have entered a boat you're supposed to jump out of immediately. If you can remember what I said in the beginning of this message, why are you not like Laban? You could recognize I learned by experience God has blessed me because of you. How come the blessing has not turned into the curse? Let's be careful. Father, I ask this morning that you will help your church. Help our lives. I, number one, my wife, our family, we all need help. I never stood to pastor the church because I'm perfect. I never stood to pastor the people because I know it all. It's been by your grace and by divine call and by divine providence. I need help too. We all need help. Father, I pray that people will recognize the hand of the enemy that is coming to destroy. And they will allow God to help them adjust where adjustment is needed. Father, heal our hearts tonight. Father, heal our hearts tonight. Heal our hearts in the name of Jesus. Now you are watching this morning. You're not born again. And you know, you just touched by this word and you can sense that many of your relationships have been affected. And you, even you as a person, you can feel, look, I'm getting heavier and heavier and heavier. It's like I keep getting hit left, right, center. It's just a lot. That I'm going through a lot of tribulations. But you know, Jesus said we shall go through a lot of them. And the key is not to run away. It's to face them and to become more than a conqueror. That's what it is. That's what it is. Listen to me. You heard the word. You heard the word this morning. And you know deep down your heart, look, this word is for me. I'm not born again. I don't know Jesus. I've been keeping a lot of offense and a lot of hurt in my heart. I feel, I feel the whole world is against me. Listen to me. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who has a plan for your life. Don't let this world destroy you. Don't allow offense to destroy you. There's a God who cares about you. Who has a plan. The direction he wants your life to go. Listen to me. Wherever you are this morning, God is talking to you. What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to surrender your heart to Jesus. Because on your own, you might never be able to love those people. 
Jesus will come and he will give you a supernatural ability to forgive people. Because he's going to forgive you first. And then you're going to have the ability to love people. Even when they're not so deserving of your love. Because from time to time, we'll hurt one another. From time to time, we'll let one another down. We don't wish for it to happen. But it will happen. That's why we need to engage the one another's to preserve the relationships. To preserve the relationships. Right now, you want to be born again? I want to pray for you. I want to help you. I want to give you a chance to get your life right with God. As you are watching, you're saying, Pastor, I'm not born again. I need Jesus in my life. Well, let me pray with you. Please repeat these simple words after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, giving me another chance, for saving me. I open my heart. I need healing. I need help. I need help. Please, Jesus, heal me today. You've sent your word. Let your word heal me. Let your word change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg and beyond. Have a blessed day and remember we are alive to give life.